Hey guys, Brent here, back for Geek Variants. And if you're looking for the overall winner of greatest sci-fi of all time, well, I have some disappointing news for you. What you should do, hit that subscribe button and hit that notification bell, or just the notification bell in general. Check back us with about three weeks. I'm going to be doing a month-long series where I pit three of sci-fi fantasies, greatest stories, and pit them against each other to determine, based upon a non-biased written rules and criteria for how you decide what fantasy genre is the best is ultimately the best and for starters let's start with the godfather of all things sci-fi dune i'll give you some information about dune after the opening All right, now that we've got all the pleasantries aside, including the subscribe button, hit that like, comment, leave a dislike, leave your thoughts in the comments below. Look, let's talk about Dune. And Dune, because it's the godfather of all things sci-fi, came first. August 1965 was when this little novel came to life, and it first came to life because of one Frank Herbert, who was trying to pitch this idea to as many people as would possibly listen. Unfortunately, uh, 23 magazines passed on it and ultimately got picked up by a car magazine at the time. And, you know, the guy that got him onto that magazine overall, he got fired for it because Dune did not sell well at all at first. What? And then ultimately after that guy was let go, all of a sudden, things started going really, really well sales-wise. But guess who still did not get his job back? The agent who sold Dune to the comic book magazine. And next thing you know, we have what we have. Dune became an overnight sensation back in the 1960s when this sort of word-of-mouth campaigning was all you truly had. And in 1966, it tied for a Hugo Award, which is one of the most prestigious honors you can win as far as novels are concerned. A lot of Dune is very, very political. Dune talked about a lot of things that a lot of shows at the time had no business talking about, or comics of that matter even would even dare to talk about. The inspiration for Dune was pitting ecological versus feudalism versus religion, which is three of the most diverse and hard to talk about topics anywhere, let alone try and talk about it online civilly. Good luck with that. But a large majority of his writings came from trips, and I'm not talking about traveling the world and going out and seeing and experimenting with things. I mean, he was experimenting on stuff, but that stuff caused him to have terrible, terrible trips, and these trips ended up becoming huge parts of his books. Spice was representative of spores from mushrooms. The buddings of spores was the equivalent of tripping balls. The giant sandworm was another metaphor for maggots that were always eating away at mushrooms. The eye of Fremen, which was just part of blue psilocybe mushrooms. Blue psilocybe mushrooms. I could continue to go on and on and on. This man loved him some mushrooms. And because of mushrooms, we got a sci-fi fantasy universe. Go figure. The main difference between Dune and a lot of the stuff that we got as far as the sci-fi genre is defined is very, very simple. And it's why Dune doesn't ever usually get the credit that it does as far as being a sci-fi story. They stuck away from technology. As where most shows that were of the fantasy genre, or most comics, or most books at the time were trying to delve into sci-fi, 
they went hardcore into futuristic tech and some groundbreaking discoveries that had great ideas that eventually, because of modern technology, have been implemented. Some of NASA's greatest scientific discoveries have been contributed to sci-fi-esque shows, showing them how to do it or giving them a general inspiration of just how to make this happen. Go figure. Dune, on the other hand, had a whole thing about just eliminating everything involving tech and created the Butlerin Jihad, which absolutely destroyed all tech and was pre-book one. So as far as gaining tech, getting back to the future, um, you're not really getting that. It was definitely just an old-timey book that had tons of Middle Eastern vibes thrown in throughout. It had tons of Arabic inspiration that throughout had references to the Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Empire, and how religion ultimately, in Herbert's mind, destroyed that empire, and, and how many people believe that the religion destroyed that Holy Roman Empire. But, you know, contributing opinions aside, we're not here to talk about that. And as far as gender roles were assigned for this, um, the book strongly presents life is largely unfair and that where you're born to truly matters. You don't hold your destiny in your hands unless you were born into a great family that had great opportunities. And Dune wanted to talk about the ecological battles that happen between the natural world and how feudalism and religion can ultimately destroy it or religion can destroy feudalism which would cause a giant ecological damage upon all of society so at the time it was written brilliant it covered a lot of things that just weren't talked about the story follows an atypical rise to power through slow pace powerful progression a genuine struggle to have the main character appear as a damaged but true hero who someone carefully would follow, not through blind loyalty, but because they had deserved the honor of becoming that main chosen one, as opposed to Luke being thrust into this grander role because he was the only one who had the Force. Ultimately, they gave it to the main character because he earned it. This book also talked a lot about religion and it talked a lot about zen and they were prominent themes throughout and he tried melding several different religions together in herbert's mind he believed that through this book he would be able to tell people that religion will one day all just kind of melt together in one giant overarching religion for the entirety of the world which as we know today is definitely not the case Herbert truly wanted all religions to come together and become one and find some semblance of peace because large majorities of religions are based upon the fact that they have one hierarchy power who created everything, which, if you look across most major religions, that tends to be it. Just you change the name of who's up top. The book was very, very well received, critically acclaimed, and was probably one of the greatest, if not most influential books of all time, influencing the likes of George Lucas to create a space fantasy universe called Star Wars, so uh, you're going to get some major points for that one. Unfortunately, people like J.R.R. Tolkien absolutely refused to write a review on this book because he disliked Dune with some intensity, largely due to the fact that Tolkien was raised in a religious household, so for him to praise something that backtracked against his own religion was definitely against himself and his character. As well as influencing Star Wars, Hayao Mirazaki's 
Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind was influenced a lot by this, as well as another game that our very own geek, Henry Cavill, truly loves to play and says, that is my jam, Warhammer 40k. As far as Warhammer 40k goes, they also influenced another amazing game brought to you by Dune, Dune 2, which came out in 1992. I wasn't even alive yet, just for those of you that are aware. But its main thing, it established real-time strategy games for the West, and is considered one of the most influential games of all time. I think you're going to have to get some points for that. Um, as far as films go, there's been a total of four scrapped films for this project and two films that have seen the light of day, including a small sci-fi series that took home a bunch of awards for being as groundbreaking it was in the early 2000s. We do have a third Dune film being made that'll be coming out on HBO later in September, October time frame. I forget the date as of this writing, which I will have in the description below so I can correct myself with information that I need to let you guys know. How is the criteria broken down, you may ask? Well, I'm going to break down the criteria based upon these six contributing factors for those of you at home. If you take first, you get three points. If you take second, you get two points. If I believe you are the least influential in this category, you get one point. You add all these points up together through these six categories to get your overarching high score and your true winner for the three sci-fi fantasies that I'll be pitting together. As far as this is concerned, we're going to talk about Who's got the best movie? Who's got the best book? Who has the most influential TV show or just the best critically acclaimed television show out there? How far has your influence span past your own universe? What do the sales look like for your universe? Because at the end of the day, if you ain't selling anything, are you really all that powerful? And for six, which game have you made or is attributed to your universe that gives you the highest level of credibility. These six factors in my estimation and the estimation of my esteemed colleagues will tell you who we truly believe is the greatest sci-fi universe creation ever. We Geek Variants believe that you will agree with our answers. If not, sign off in the comments below. Let me know things I got wrong, things I need to talk about, things I left out. Let me know. Be sure to hit that lovely red subscribe button. As for this entire next month, we'll have Battle of the Sci-Fi here at Geek Variants, along with tons of other amazing stuff. We've recently discovered how to make shorts, and we're making tons of shorts that we find educational as well as funny for you, the viewer. In the meantime, here's two videos for you to look at. I'll see you guys next week to talk about our next entrant in our sci-fi battle. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>